0: My message today is entitled, The Power of Persistent Prayer. How many know there's a difference between prayer and persistent prayer? Often, we think of the freedoms, we've talked about our country, we think of the freedoms that are embedded into the First Amendment. You hear a lot of it on the news. uh, The First Amendment to our Constitution And when when it's talked about, usually more often than not, we talk about the the emphasize the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, and freedom of religion. You hear that a lot. But there's a couple other ones that uh, really played a very important part in our history. One of the other two lesser emphasized freedoms is the reason why women were able to bring about so much change in our country's history even when they didn't really have a perceived right to do so. The freedom I'm referring to is the right to petition. A petition is a plea from an individual or a group asking their government or someone else to do something. Today it can be an email or signed via the Internet. But before the age of technology, how many remember that petitions were addressed with pen and paper, Gathered by going door to door or person to person in the streets. Women in particular in particular have helped shape the history of the United States by their dedicated petitioning efforts. From the anti slavery movement to women's suffrage gaining the right to vote, women have actively brought about real change through petitioning. And while the right to petition may have escaped your purview or your perspective, it has remained a deliberate and effective way to bring about change to affect the world around us in productive ways. It was not only this mechanism of petitioning others that brought about change, however. It was combined with great diligence and great persistence to keep pleading on the behalf of all those who were being represented. How many of you know that prayer is the freedom to petition God on our behalf? By His grace, He allows us to come into His presence and make requests of Him to bring favor, to bring healing and peace and answers to prayers from the heart. Throughout the Bible, we not only see examples of people offering up prayers to God, but we also see times when certain people were persistent in seeking God, even when, and especially when, there appeared no clear reason to hope and no evidence that things were changing or that they would change. Yet that is the power of persistent prayer. We see this in our memory verse for today, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. A great remember that all of us, even though it's become just a cliché verse for us, we need to continue to understand and live that. We walk by faith and not by sight, no matter how bad things are. We walk by faith and not by sight. Persistent prayer intentionally chooses to believe God in the face of despair when things all around us seem impossible. A great example of this, is Elijah, when he prayed for God to end a three-year drought and to bring rain upon the land. His persistency in prayer continued even when there were no signs that the weather was changing or that any of his multiple prayers were being answered, and yet he persistently prayed and sought God. The key to persistent prayer is a willingness to spend so much time in communion with God through everyday prayer and meditations that you clearly know His voice and you understand His will. Jesus highlighted this same truth when He talked about His Father's will. In the Gospel of John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, The Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. For whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. See, because Jesus was in constant communion with God the Father, He could see by faith what His Father desired to do. This is the same thing that great prayer warriors are able to do because they are in constant communion with God. They see in the spiritual what God wants to do in the natural. That's why they persist. So that even when it seems impossible in the natural, when everyone's speaking against it, there's no evidence that things are changing. changing. They keep pressing into God and believing God's will. They persist in prayer until the answer has manifested. Because Elijah talked with God all the time, as closely as a friend talks to another friend and listens to another friend, Elijah could envision what God desired, desired to do before it happened in the natural. Immediately following Elijah's mountaintop victory on the top of Mount Carmel, a victory over the false prophets of Baal, Elijah began his persistent prayer for rain. We pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, King Ahab, Go up and eat and drink for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. You see, by faith, Elijah could not only see God bringing rain upon the land, he could also hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, this does not mean he could hear thunder in the distance. There were no thunder. There were no thunder clouds. There was no rain. There was no sound of rain. But by his faith, he could hear the sound of abundance of rain. At the time that Elijah made this statement, there was not a single cloud in the sky. And no reason in the natural to believe that it was about to rain, even a drop let alone in abundance. Verse 42, So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Elijah spent some serious time with God, blocking out all distractions, getting away from all the naysayers and the doubters so that he could diligently seek the Lord. It's a lesson for us on persistent prayer. After a while in prayer, he asked the servant to go look for some evidence to see if his prayer was being answered yet. Verse 43, And Elijah said to the servant, Go up now and look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Go again. Go look again. His servant checked and came back to report that there was nothing, absolutely nothing to confirm that God was answering his prayer to bring rain. And yet these reports of no confirmation in the natural did not deter Elijah in the least. He continued to pray earnestly and kept asking his servant to go and look for any signs of rain. Now remember, It hadn't rained for three whole years at this point. While every, everyone else had given up on God, ever answering a prayer for rain, Elijah had unswerving faith in God. How and why was Elijah able to persist in prayer beyond all reasonable doubt when there was no real sign of rain? I'll tell you, he walked by faith and not by sight. He saw what his father was doing in the spiritual realm before it manifested in the natural realm. Just a little while earlier, he and everyone around him witnessed God rain down fire from heaven. Surely a dousing rain would be no problem for a God that makes the impossible possible. Elijah persisted in prayer until his sought-after request was answered. He was not deterred by His servants' reports time and time again of no rain yet. That is the key to persistent prayer. Instead of believing that our prayers and God's will are not or are never answered, we need to resolutely declare not yet and keep praying and keep seeking His face. Verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that Elijah's servant said, There is a cloud, as small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. So Elijah said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. You see, despite the six times of nothing being reported, Elijah persisted until something was observed. It was the seventh time when something began to be observed. The seventh time when God's will was manifested in the natural. For those of you who have been attending our Revelation Bible study on Wednesday nights, we know the significance of the symbolic meaning of the number seven. It's used throughout the Bible and throughout the book of Revelation. Seven is a number that means complete because it's based on the seven-day week of creation. And while many people refer to God's work of being finished in six days, it wasn't complete until the seventh day. You see, contrary to popular belief, God did more than just rest on the seventh day. Genesis 2, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had done, And he rested on the seventh day from his work which he had done. I know what you're thinking. Our pastor's nuts. It just says that's what he did. He rested on the seventh day. This is where many people draw that conclusion. Then they say that all God did was rest on the seventh day. But you have to read the rest of the story. That's the danger in taking one verse out and building the whole foundation on it. We need to read our verses in context. Genesis 2, verse 3, the very next verse. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. God blessed the day and He sanctified it. That means He set it apart. He made it holy. He made that day holy. Creation wasn't complete until it was set apart, until it was sanctified, and until it was made holy. That's why the number seven is so prevalent in the Bible. It serves as a symbol of completion and sanctification by God Himself. Just like when you come to Jesus and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not the end. As you continue to persist to seek God, God sanctifies you. He sets you apart from the world. He makes you look different in the world. He makes you speak different from the world. It's a process that God does to complete us. It's more than just saying a prayer and feeling that we have a ticket punched to heaven. God has to sanctify us and make us holy because we cannot do it just because we said a prayer. God sanctifies us and sets us apart. That's what He did with His creation. That's why the number seven is so important. Meaning completion. This is why we see Elijah praying seven times until the prayer is manifested. Now, understand that seven is not a magic formula like some churches or some people would tell you. If you just pray seven times, you'll get what you wish. You ever seen those crazy things on Facebook? Pray this prayer and you'll get what you want. And if you don't share it, you're not going to get it. So you feel guilty to share it. I, I delete that stuff every time I see it. That's nonsense. God did not give us a magic formula. He gave us Himself because He loves us and He sanctifies us to complete us. This is given, the number seven is given as a symbolic way to show that prayer is not just a human efforts of work. It has to be culminated in God's anointing to sanctify it and to set it apart. This only happens when we are persistent in seeking His face. Persistent in blocking out all the distractions. Persistent in refusing to listen to all the doubters and the naysayers. Persistent to believe God regardless of how impossible it appears in the natural. 1 Kings 18.45 Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Elijah's persistence in prayer saw great results of a heavy rain upon the land. His life story is given to us to demonstrate how to persistently petition God by faith. Why do I bring this topic up today? It's because of the many faithful and persistent prayer warriors who have impacted the kingdom of God for centuries. And most all of this has been done behind the scenes with very little acknowledgement or credit given to them. What I'm referring to is the world-shaking and changing power of a praying mother. So many great men and women of God have been been delivered from the pit of hell and the grasp of the enemy only to be delivered from darkness, rescued and redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ, and walk in their anointed calling because their mothers and their grandmothers never gave up on them. Amen? Amen? no matter how bad things were, no matter how hopeless it seemed, no matter how distant they seemed to be from God, praying mothers have exemplified persistence to the nth degree and have never given up on their prodigal children. Countless nights on their knees, beside their beds, and in their chairs, interceding for their kids have brought so many life-changing results. And yet, very few are ever acknowledged for their service. But that is the power and love of a praying mother. They don't do it for the fanfare. They don't do it for the thanks, for the attention or for the credit. They unselfishly do it for us. Every one of us. It's not just the evangelist or the preacher or the worship leader or the Sunday school teacher that helps lead a child to Christ. In so many instances, the reason why that child was even open to God or in a place to receive the Lord is because a praying mother never gave up. No matter how bad it seemed, how impossible it seemed, they never gave up. They persisted beyond all reason to hope. And they never left their post until God answered her prayer and saved her child. It's why I'm here today. Growing up, I was a heathen. A party animal. A constant headache and source of worry for my mom. But her love for me is one of the biggest reasons why God kept me safe and turned my life around. The second reason why I'm here today as a man of God behind this pulpit is because of my wife, Nancy, who never stopped praying for me as well. When we were married, she was a born-again Christian. I was not. I grew up in a traditional church setting but never had a personal relationship with Jesus. But my wife, through eyes of faith, because we walk by faith and not by sight, my wife saw something in me way before I did. And even though I was rebellious and downright crazy, running into the world, my wife persistently prayed for me. Now, I didn't know at the time because that was all about me. Now, even she will tell you that she never expected me to become a pastor. <laughs> she was just praying for me to be saved. She got way more than she bargained for. Why? I'll tell you why. Ephesians 3 20, verses 21. Three twenty and 21. It says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, which is our faith, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God is able to not only do what you ask of Him and His will, but so much more. Exceedingly, abundantly more. This is because His will for our lives is so much more than even we realize. He desires to use us and to use our lives to bring hope to lives of despair. He desires to bring peace to times of great conflict. He desires to use us to bring understanding to groups of confusion and to bring light to the world, this world of great darkness, where it seems impossible, and yet God wants to use every one of us for His glory because He is able to do exceedingly greatly above all that we could ask or think. These are the things that persistent praying mothers believe by faith for their children. They don't buy into the world's lies or the world's judgment that their children will not change. Thank God for that. Even when their own children don't believe in themselves and walk around in condemnation and guilt and shame, they don't buy into that. They always believe by faith that God will get a hold of their lives and use them for His glory. Hallelujah. This is the power of persistent prayer by our mothers. Behind every story of a wayward prodigal son that comes back home and turns to Jesus, there is always a parent on his or her knees somewhere praying for that child. Many times it is the child's mother or grandmother. Sometimes it's the father. Or grandfather. And sometimes it's a praying man or a woman of God who does not even know who they are praying for, but they are being obedient to God when God says, I want you to pray right now because someone needs your prayer. Someone needs you to persist in prayer. You might not ever know them this side of heaven, but someone needs persistent prayer. To not believe with the sentence that the world has given them, but to give, but believe what I spoke about them. That they are redeemable. That they are lovable. That they can be rescued and redeemed by the blood of Christ. People willingly obedient, obey God and intercede fervently and pray persistently for prodigal children all over the world. We may never meet those who have interceded for us on this side of heaven. But I guarantee that God will allow us to see the praying mothers and the praying fathers in the land of glory. Amen? The Bible makes mention of the power of praying mothers and grandmothers as well. When Paul writes a letter to Timothy, a young man whom Paul chooses to mentor, to invite him along on his missionary travels with him, Second Timothy chapter one, verses one and two. Paul writes, "Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, a beloved son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. As Paul acknowledges Timothy in the faith and recognizes him as his protege, notice that he doesn't begin by describing all the qualities of Timothy that qualified him for this position. Rather, Paul recognizes the source of the faith that unlocked the door for Timothy to be in the position he is in today. Verse five. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. This faith was first in his grandmother and then also in his mother. The power of their faith and prayer over this child opened the door for Timothy to be ready for this assignment. Oh, the power of a praying mother and a praying grandmother. Don't ever think that God doesn't hear you. Don't ever think that God does not see your devotion your persistence, your unwavering faith in Him for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Hebrews 6, verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Women of God, don't ever discount the absolute vital role that you play in the kingdom of God. Behind so many great men and women of God, there was always a mother or a grandmother on her knees persistently seeking God and petitioning on your behalf. And whether or not anyone ever else acknowledges your devotion, God sees your true labor of love to the faithful prayer warriors out there, thank you for believing in and praying for us. Thank you for demonstrating an unparalleled faith in God. Thank you for the sacrifices, for the patience of Job, for the joy of the Lord, and for the love of God through your prayers. And most of all, Thank you for being a godly example for all who are still looking for the light of the world in the face of Jesus. Your devotion and your labor of love is still impacting eternity in ways that you will never know this side of heaven. In fact, the Word of God recognizes your devotion and labor of love call on your life's devotion of prayer as an example for the rest of us. Hebrews 6, 11, and 12. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promises. Our example is the praying mothers and the praying grandmothers who have never given up hope, who have walked by faith and not by sight, no matter what the world speaks about their children, no matter what everyone else speaks, they don't buy it. They listen to the King. They know His voice. They follow His voice. And they persist beyond all reasonable doubt until what's believed in the spiritual manifests in the natural By faith and patience, our praying mothers and praying grandmothers have received the promises of children from every tribe and nation turning back to God, being rescued from the world, being forgiven, restored, made whole, and set apart and redeemed for God's kingdom. Oh, the power of persistent prayer. Oh, the love of a mother, a great woman of God. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the power of Your Word. We thank You for the gift of our mothers this day. May we see that example, Lord God, and have that faith that moves mountains, that shakes the foundations, That brings the prodigal children home. That makes it possible to believe that there's light that can penetrate that darkness for Your glory. Help us to know who You are to each one of us that we can give You all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.